A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Would you be the jerk for telling somebody that their food might be upsetting to other people? We'll get into that in a bit, but first, am I the jerk for letting my friend struggle with her newborn baby? I, female 31, have a friend, 32, let's call her Laura. We've been friends since elementary school, but our relationship had a few rough patches. We're close, but she can be a little self-centered and callous. I know it's rooted in childhood trauma, and it's not intentional. She suffers the most from constantly driving people away, but sometimes it's still hard to stay by her side. Laura had a one-night stand and got pregnant. I told her it would be irresponsible to be a single mom when she can barely support herself. But she's decided to keep it anyway, so now she has a two-month-old daughter, Mia. She had to quit her job halfway through the pregnancy because it was harder than expected, and obviously can't go back in the near future. She's also depleted her savings, and now her only income is childcare benefit and monthly allowance from her parents until she can get a job, but it's not enough to cover her expenses. Last week, she came up with the idea that they could move into my guest room. She thinks it would be perfect because I own the apartment so there's no rent, we can split bills and groceries, I can watch the baby when Laura's tired, and she can help out with chores while I'm working. I said no and couldn't even explain why, because she immediately started screaming about how I'm a selfish, heartless jerk. How can I be so cruel and cold and that I don't understand what she's going through? I tried to tell her to move back home because I know Laura's mom already offered it, but she called me a jerk again because, as a mother, she can't live with her parents. Even though she can be a bit entitled, it's never been this bad, so her behavior came as a surprise. I gave her a few days to calm down, then I called to explain that while I love them both, I can't take them in. I've already helped Laura buy newborn essentials and I told her I can help cleaning or cooking so she can have some rest, but I can't do more. I can't do more. She says a real friend wouldn't put herself first. But if I don't put myself first now, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to recover from this disorder. But maybe she's right and I'm just being a selfish jerk now. Am I the jerk? I just don't think OP's the jerk. I think it's unreasonable to put this much expectation on somebody. I think it's too unfair of a burden and I think there is some guilt tripping going on. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy getting to decide whether or not all of these people are jerks, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, am I the jerk for taking my parents' assignment too literally and being too honest? My parents called for a family meeting last Sunday and said they were realizing that we didn't have the happy little tight-knit family they expected to have. They expressed that we'd all been closer when we were little kids. For context, it's me, 16-year-old male, my brother James, 14-year-old male, and my other brother Easton, 12-year-old male. But now, it felt like we never spent time as brothers, especially me and James, and that sharing a room they would have expected more from us. My parents said they wanted us all to be totally open and honest about how we felt and to express if we had any issues with the family to get out of the way. They said they weren't going to take a turn until after the three of us spoke first, and we couldn't leave until we opened up and said everything. I told them I felt like they had somewhat unrealistic goals, that they ignored some stuff that had been mentioned to them in the past, that would have made the lack of closeness less of a surprise, and that it was weird for them to pretend they had no idea of anything going on. I admitted that I hate sharing a room with James. 
that personality-wise he and I clash and that he relies too much on being the younger brother and getting his own way, which annoys me. I said I told him this before. James will set up these sleepover nights for him and me on the floor, and he'll expect me to play football outside with him until it's close to midnight and then go in and watch movies that bore me to tears and sleep in our sleeping bags instead of our beds. I said he started insisting we do things he enjoys when we were like 8 or 10, and ever since that point hanging out with him has not been fun for me. It's not made me feel closer to him. I had admitted that I would rather share with Easton. I also said that I'd brought this stuff to my parents' attention before, and even complained when he was messing up my side of the room and left me to clean up, which my parents expected me to do instead of him. I also mentioned that I hate hanging out with his friends, who I have nothing in common with. I told my parents they overlooked James being mean to Easton, that it might be due to jealousy and resentment that I'm closer to Easton, but they would never let me say to James what James can say to Easton. I also said they treat us like we're little kids. They'll go tell us to hang out with much younger kids and do their activities at family houses, and they'll tell us no video games until we play outside, and that even after 16 years of knowing me, they still can't accept that I don't like sports and it's not my idea of fun to kick a ball or run around and it never has been. James was upset about the stuff I said about him, especially about not wanting to hang out with him and his friends. My parents were furious with me and said I had no right to say all that. I said I was doing what they asked and they said that wasn't what they asked for. Am I the jerk? Poor OP, I just feel like their parents clearly are very out of touch with them. But not only that, it definitely seems like they have their vision of how things should be, and they're just kind of pushing Opie along towards that direction instead of really nurturing a true relationship. This next story is, am I the jerk for ruining a vacation with my dying dad? All fake names, my husband, 35-year-old male, I, 36-year-old female, and our two kiddos, 14-year-old male and 10-year-old female, were invited to spend a week with my dad, Bob, 60-year-old male, and his wife, Allie, 39-year-old female, my brother, Dan, 30-year-old male, and his girlfriend, Laura, 33-year-old female, my brother, Ryan, 25, and Allie's daughter, 25-year-old female, Tia, and her friend, Eric, 20-year-old male. This was the first time I would see my brother, Dan, and Tia in two years as both live out of state. This vacation was not an ordinary vacation. My dad was just diagnosed with stage 3 pancreatic cancer and is not seeking treatment. My dad basically said this was a goodbye family vacation. My dad's been married to Allie for over a decade. I'm not close to Tia for various reasons, but the main reason is I feel that she's very immature and manipulative. On the second day on vacay, Dan wanted to go bowling. It was late, 10.30pm, but my son Sam really wanted to go. I told Dan that Sam could go, but if everyone else wanted to go drinking after, my hubby or I would come get him. Everyone came back around 1am and my dad and I were up talking. Everyone looked nervous, but when I asked Dan how things went, he said fine. Dia started giggling and said Sam really enjoyed himself while smirking. As soon as I saw Sam, I knew something was up. He was walking funny, slurring his words, etc. My dad, who's a cop, immediately started asking Dan what was wrong with Sam. Dan sheepishly said that Tia accidentally gave Sam alcohol. Apparently, Sam wanted a drink and Tia gave hers to him. It was a mixed drink with vodka and cranberry juice. Sam ended up with two drinks. Tia then laughed at Sam when he started to feel funny. Dan then realized what Tia had done and made everyone leave. 
Dan apologized, but my dad was ticked. When Tia started talking the next morning about how everyone had a great time last night bowling, I told her that no, not everyone did because my 14-year-old son had been given alcohol without his knowledge. And then I, as his mom, was not told what happened. I said that she was an immature brat and I wanted nothing to do with her. When it came time to do pictures, Tia said that she would not take pictures with me, so people had to decide. Dan and Laura ended up not taking pictures with Tia either because he was fed up with her as well. Then the rest of the trip was awkward. Tia and Eric ended up leaving earlier than planned because no one would talk to her. Tia messaged me about a week after on social media when Allie posted pictures of the trip. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Apparently, people noticed only Ryan and Tia were in the pictures. Tia said to me, You created tension during a family trip that was already stressful. Your kid is fine. It's not my fault your life is repressed. Remove the stick up your butt. Am I the jerk? Yeah, OP's definitely not the jerk. In a situation like this, the least they can do is own up to it and apologize. These people, when they clearly did wrong and they were called out on it by somebody who clearly did not like it, who is in a very valid position to do so, they just doubled down? Our next story is, would I be the jerk if I made my sister-in-law change the name of her unborn baby? My son, we'll call him Jack Emmett Smith, was born just over six months ago and we decided to use my grandfather's name, Emmett, as his middle name to honor him and because I've always been close to my grandfather. My sister-in-law is now pregnant with their second child, unexpectedly after her first just had her first birthday. There will be about a 19-month age gap between them. The big thing here is that they already announced the name of the baby when she's only a month along. The name is the same name as my grandfather and my son's middle name, Emmett. 
They already announced this to both sides of her family and announced that they won't even be calling her by that name, but by a nickname for her entire childhood. My brother with all of this doesn't really care what they name the kids and really just lets my sister-in-law decide what she wants, which is fine. But the fact that they announced the name and never even talked to us about it beforehand and we only found out due to a group chat text stings especially since my son is barely six months old. My sister-in-law struggles with severe mental health issues and I honestly don't know if I can bring this up to her without her having a complete meltdown and her end up thinking that we hate her and so on and so on. I spoke to my mother about it and she said that she thinks it's great that we all like the same name and that names take on a different meaning for everyone and that is completely fine. My mother's also had to go through a lot of struggles in her relationship with my sister-in-law due to the mental health struggles and all sorts of issues there. Would I be the jerk for telling my sister-in-law that she needs to change the name of her unborn child because it's too soon after my own son being born? I think OP is the jerk here. I would understand if it was their first name, but it's their middle name. And ultimately, it's not really OP's place to complain about somebody else naming their kid whatever they name their kid anyways. I think OP would just, in general, be kind of out of line for trying to put their foot down on this situation. This next story is, am I the jerk for telling my family if they really want an honor, they should do something life-saving for my wife, kids, and I? My wife Mia and I have three children, and we're expecting our fourth. Two of our three kids are not named after others, we just really love their names. Our oldest, however, she's named Taylor after the nurse who delivered her and saved her and my wife's lives. Nurse Taylor did something I can never repay him for, and without him, they wouldn't be here today. It seemed fitting to honor him. My family assumed that naming Taylor after someone would mean we would do the same with our other kids. But we never planned on using honor names. Special circumstances and a very special man are why we did with our oldest. My parents and siblings, since learning of this pregnancy and knowing it's our last, have dropped comments about honor names and how special and beautiful it would be for the youngest to hold a name that honors someone in their family. I slash we always told them that we would not be giving our youngest an honor name and I told them to let the topic go. Mia got a lot of comments behind my back because they were willing to press harder on her than me. They used to feel guilt cards which I do not appreciate. After my wife was left a lengthy voicemail about the importance of honoring those closest to us and making Taylor feel less alone and being the only one named after someone, I'd grown sick and tired of my family. So I stopped by my parents' house and asked my siblings to come and told them they want the youngest to be given an honor name? Fine. Then they better get ready to go above and beyond and save one of our lives because that is the level they need to meet. I said if they did not or could not do that, to shut up about it and accept the fact that our child will get a name we love. My family called me a rude butt and said I was behaving like a petty child throwing that in their faces. Am I the jerk? Opie is definitely not the jerk. When it comes to naming your kid, outside interference is not appreciated, I'm sure. It's honestly weird and really uncomfortable even as a third-hand party to witness people trying to pressure another person into what to name their kid, especially when they clearly are expressing they don't want to. Our next story is, am I the jerk for telling my parents it's their responsibility to look after my brother? I, female 26, have a brother, male 34, who is schizophrenic. When he's on his medication, he functions normally. Unfortunately, he was diagnosed in his 20s and thinks nothing's wrong with him so he doesn't take his medication. I have another brother who passed away a few years ago. 
During that time, my family asked me to move back home because they wanted me to be there. I was already moving due to COVID, so I said I would because it would give me a chance to save for a house and finish college. After I moved in, my family pushed my brother's care solely onto me. I had to drop out of college because I was afraid my professor and other students would hear my brother having an episode, online classes due to COVID. I've lost jobs because my brother would keep me up all night for days straight and I couldn't function properly or wake up in time for work. The only thing I'm able to do is call the cops or ambulance when it gets really bad so police and paramedics can admit him to a psychiatric hospital. In the three years I've lived here, I've called and handled him every time with no help from my family. My brother's an adult, so if he refuses help, they won't take him, and I'm stuck having to deal with him by myself. I've had times where I left my room to find my brother having a seizure on the floor and not breathing to him destroying things and threatening me. On top of this, my family constantly asks me for money and to buy stuff for the house. I've paid over $10,000 this year just helping with bills. It's gotten to the point where I'm incredibly burnt out and want to leave. I love my brother and family, but it's gotten to be too much and I can't progress or move forward. I've started to grow resentment towards my parents because they won't do anything. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. They're both trying to convince me to take over power of attorney because they're too old. My mother's helped out with bills but hasn't done much to help my brother. My father hasn't done anything at all. Would I be the jerk if I told my parents it's their responsibility to take care of my brother and not mine? I don't want to cause trouble, but I feel like I will never have a life if this continues. I definitely don't think OP's the jerk. It's really unfair for OP to be left trying to take care of this person who honestly doesn't even really want to be cared for. I don't know if it's necessarily the parent's responsibility either, but I think the bottom line is it shouldn't be your responsibility. Next story is, am I the jerk for blocking an Airbnb's view of my home? I've already posted this asking for legal advice, but I thought I'd ask for moral advice too. Last year, we bought a historical property with a fair-sized chunk of land. The previous owners had rented as a small hotel but couldn't keep up with the pace at their age anymore. We turned the property back into a private residence. A main country road runs right by the longest edge of the unfenced garden, so we decided to plant hedges for privacy and to block off access in case my nephews visit and play football, etc. There's a small gardener's cottage right at the edge of this line, which was sold separately when we bought our home. We made sure to keep any bushes between us and them on our side of the property line. We were unaware that the elderly couple had sold the cottage to a relative of theirs and that he had planned it to turn into an Airbnb. We only know this now as after a summer of growth, the owner had finally noticed the small hedge and realized what we'd done. He and the couple have sent official-looking letters stating we're impeding their reasonable enjoyment of the property, as they had planned to market the cottage as part of the property with views of a historical landmark, and once our hedge is full height, that view will be greatly diminished. 
if not almost entirely gone. So, am I the jerk for potentially damaging someone's income by planting these hedges? Honestly, this is a laughable one. OP's clearly not the jerk here. If they want to have any kind of challenge against OP, try to find some kind of lawyer that will dare do anything in this situation. Unless OP violated some kind of ordinance by planting those hedges, they are golden. This next story is, am I the jerk for interrupting my parents and kicking them out of my house after they ignored what I said to them? I have come to find out if I was wrong for this or not. The background of this is important. I, 40-year-old male, have been married to Andrew, 42-year-old male, for the last 10 years. And we have two children together, Rosie, 3-year-old female, and Theo, 1-year-old male. I came into our marriage with two kids, Noah, 15-year-old male, and Eliza, 13-year-old female. My ex and I broke up when I was pregnant with Eliza. I met Andrew a little over a year later, and we dated for several months before he met the kids. My ex did not like the fact that I'd moved on. I was upfront with Andrew about how things were with my ex, and that he might not like us dating before we reached the stage where my ex found out. He said it didn't matter, and he really liked me, and we'd make it work. My ex started the alienation early. Despite my best efforts, the kids believed and still believe what my ex has told them. We always split custody 50-50. It was difficult when the kids were smaller. They were always dismissing Andrew and telling him he wasn't their dad. They would tell us what their dad said about him and would say their dad wouldn't lie when I would correct it. They believed I didn't see it because I loved Andrew. It was things like, Andrew made them breakfast so they'd love him more than their dad or that he'd show up to things for them because he wanted to make their dad angry or that he wanted to steal us away from him. We were in and out of court. We had individual and family therapy going for us and the kids. The ultimate goal was for the kids not to be used as pawns and for a more civil home life. It was also to give me the tools to do the right thing when my kids are being rude or disrespectful toward Andrew. My ex never lost any custody over the things he was saying. He was told to stop, but saying that after time and doing nothing else changed nothing. A few years ago, we reached a point of civility. Noah and Eliza do not love or respect Andrew, really, but they will be civil and respectful in the home. But Andrew is not called their dad or parent. They're not called as kids, and that is something that would immediately end the civility. My parents think that Andrew is amazing, mostly. They've made comments in the past about Andrew being a better father figure, etc. Recently, they were unhappy, though, by the little time Andrew spends with the older kids, and they said he can't ignore two of his kids, and he's not just a father of two. I explained to them why we don't use that language, which they knew, but I was clear. I was concise and I wanted them to know why it had to be that way. Otherwise, they hate him and take it out on him because of what my ex said. My parents told me they understood. But the next time we saw them, they started to use that language and I interrupted them before they could make things worse because the kids were already mad hearing it. I told my parents to leave our home because they had not respected what I asked of them. They said I was rude and that I had no right to treat them this way. Am I the jerk? I don't think OP's the jerk, and honestly, it's such a shame that they have to be this way around the kids. But I guess if they want any hope of them coming around or realizing things aren't the way they kind of have this bias, I guess you kind of have to take it on the chin and kind of walk on eggshells and hope it's just something they kind of come to realize for themselves. Our next story is, am I the jerk for insisting a final wish of my late wife be honored over her mother's objection? My wife of 11 years, together for 19, unexpectedly passed away in her sleep recently at age 45. 
She had no known health problems and results are still pending. About four months ago, we unofficially separated. Nothing legal. She got her own apartment and we were still very civil. It was 100% my fault. I have severe depression and anxiety plus ADHD and recently diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. She had to get away. Fortunately, I got a therapist and someone to manage my meds and I really feel I'm on the right road. Long road to walk, but right road. She'd always kept the door open to possibly reconciling in the future if my mental health improved. Just ran out of time. There were a few things we discussed over the years about her final wishes. One had to do with her sorority pin. It seems like a small deal, but she was 100% certain she wanted to follow all their traditions. One of which is sending the pin back to headquarters after the service. Her mother is totally against this and wants to keep it. She doesn't even want to display it the correct way at the service. Since we were unofficially separated, I'm still then next of kin, so technically I have all decision-making power. I'm putting my foot down on this and demanding we respect her final wishes. I'm willing to compromise on other items, but the ones that we discussed and I'm 100% sure what her wishes are, I'm not. I'm being called a jerk for trying to override a grieving mother, so am I the jerk? If somebody has clear and concise final wishes and they share these things, I think it would be a really inappropriate thing to go against them unless it is something that just makes utter sense. Like if their final wishes are ridiculous or just only stand to hurt people. I get the mother's objections, there's a lot of connection here, but I think it's the person who owned this thing for all those years and their wishes that matter most. Our next story is, am I the jerk for taking back a shawl my wife made for a bride-to-be after she was uninvited from the wedding? My wife Lena crochets a lot and often gifts it to friends and family. When her second oldest brother got married, she made the bride a shawl to wear over her dress in the evening. The bride loved it, and ever since, Lena has made shawls for everyone in her family getting married. Now, Lena's oldest brother, George, is getting married again. Lena doesn't have a relationship with George, as he was abusive to her as a child. But if she has to see him, then she is polite but distant with him. She doesn't want to cut off the rest of her family because of George. I work with George and while we aren't friends, we are friendly at work. Lena encouraged this. When George got moved to my team, I was going to request a transfer, not wanting to expose Lena to George, as my team does a lot of get-togethers with our significant others. As it's a family wedding, Lena's mom asked her if she could crochet a shawl for George's fiance, and Lena agreed. It was arranged that once it was finished, I would take it to work to give to George so that Lena didn't have to see him. Earlier this week, the shawl was completed and I emailed George at work to let him know that I would bring it in today as the wedding is tomorrow. When I got into work this morning, I gave George the shawl and let him know that Lena and I were looking forward to the wedding. Come lunchtime, Lena called me to let me know that George's fiance had called her and told her that she was no longer invited to the wedding, citing the place that they're having the wedding and the reception at is too small for the number they have coming. So they're having to make cutbacks. However, I was still invited to the wedding. I was mad at this because they clearly only invited Lena to get a shawl, which to me is just rude. If they had asked Lena to outright make one, she probably would have done because she loves to crochet. On my way out of work, I noticed George wasn't at his desk, but the shawl was. I was still mad they had used Lena to get a shawl, and I just shoved it in my work bag. I left a note on his desk telling George, since Lena was no longer invited, the shawl and I would no longer be attending either. 
On my way home, I told Lena what I'd done and asked her if she wanted to go out instead, so not to waste having a sitter. Lena was upset that I'd taken the shawl, as it was causing an uproar in her family group where people were calling her petty because I took it back. Lena wants me to give it back. I don't think I should. They don't deserve Lena's kindness. However, at the same time, I don't want Lena to be upset with me over George and a shawl. Am I the jerk for taking back the shawl? At first I was feeling like maybe OP is the jerk because the wife clearly doesn't feel too upset about it. They're not enjoying the extra attention and flare-ups this caused. But at the same time, they clearly took advantage of her and used her skills for free and then just uninvited her when they felt like they had secured the bag. I think OP probably did the right thing. They don't deserve that shawl. This next story is, am I the jerk for looking out for my new coworker by telling her that her food might be upsetting to others? I, 32-year-old male, white, am potentially in trouble at work, but I don't really think I deserve it. My coworker Anna, 23-year-old-ish, female, Asian, is new at our office and she brings her own lunch on days we don't have a food truck. On Thursday, yesterday, she brought in a homemade stir-fry and used our shared microwave in the break room to do it. I was in the room when she took it out of the microwave and it smelled heavenly. I asked her about the recipe and she told me it was just a bunch of ingredients and spices thrown together as to not waste any veggies that might go bad soon. When I was telling her how good it smelled, I also mentioned that some of the other people at the office might think it would be too smelly or ethnic, as in racist people tend to look down on ethnic things. I've read those kinds of stories on here about microaggressions when it comes to people of color and the food they bring in, and I wanted to warn her that she might not want to bring it in anymore, so it doesn't happen to her. I emphasize that it smelled good to me personally though. I guess a couple of the other co-workers in the room overheard our conversation, because after Anna left the room, some of them sort of quietly told me how it was inappropriate for me to have said that. I told them that it's true that ethnic food gets ridiculed for smelling too strong, and that I disagreed with that sentiment, but I also think she would face less harassment if she didn't bring in that food anymore. One of my other co-workers then said that I was the only one harassing her, and making insinuations that her food is problematic, plus the fact that she hasn't even been bringing in her food that often since she just started last week, so there couldn't have been an opportunity to have had this hypothetical harassment happen to her. I just wanted people, yes, even the jerks, at the office to make her feel welcomed. I left work that day not thinking anything of it, until the following morning where I hear from a different coworker that Anna talked to our HR department about the conversation and how she was hurt. I'm a bit frustrated as to why she didn't talk to me about it first, since it was just a misunderstanding and that I'm looking out for her. I did notice that today she was trying to dodge me which is unusual and a bit heartbreaking. I just want to work things out. I wanted to be a friend to her and help her out since this is one of her first jobs out of undergrad, but this has been blown out of proportion. Now my coworkers think I'm racist, but I really try my best to be an ally. But then again, what do I know? So am I the jerk for telling her that her food might be a bit too much for other potentially racist people in the office to handle? So. I am really confused here as to how OP in their mind is trying to be an ally and ends up being utterly racist. I mean it's already out of pocket for OP to say, I hope nobody gives you a hard time about the way it smells. I feel like that alone is already kind of crossing a line that doesn't need to be brought up. For OP to go, 
You might not want to bring that in because some people might be racist around here. What is that? I'm glad this kind of behavior stopped at just food for OP. God forbid they have to go around acting like a martyr for minorities or other groups of people who get unwarranted hate. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy Am I the Jerk here story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.